DW Africa Link Welcome to the story of the week on DW Africa Link. Today we'll be looking at African currencies and why they are performing so poorly on the world market. And when I say poorly, they are exceedingly bad. Nigeria's naira has declined by a whopping 38% to the dollar. But it's not the only one. Ghana's CD, the Kenyan shilling and the West African CFA franc have also lost value. But does bad currency performance tell the whole story of any country's economy? We'll get into it in more detail right after Jane Nyingi brings us the world news in brief. DW News. Welcome to the news. My name is Jane Nyingi. The United States and the European Union have each announced new sanctions on Russia to mark the second anniversary of Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Washington has imposed additional sanctions following the death in custody of Russian opposition leader Alexei Navalny. On the other hand, the European Union has imposed sanctions on Russia to hinder its ability to fund the war in Ukraine. Kenyan marathon world record holder Kelvin Kiptum has been laid to rest. The 24-year-old father of two died in a car accident this month. Kenyan President William Ruto was among those who attended his burial in Chepkorio village in western Kenya. And I know that we had faith, we had hope that he would keep Kenya in that map, even in the coming Olympics in Paris. But since we have you, our athletes, and you have heard from all of us, Paris is going to be the Olympics that is going to define this man, Kevin. We want you to make Paris an Olympics of Kevin Kiptum. German lawmakers have voted in parliament to legalize cannabis for private consumption. The new legislation allows the limited legal availability of cannabis with numerous rules, regulations and restrictions. The government says the main goal of the bill is to crack down on the black market and drug-related crime. But the move faced a considerable opposition from medical associations, the judiciary and the opposition politicians. DW's political correspondent Thomas Paro was in parliament during the vote and has more. This is the result of really months of political discussions here in Germany and, by the way, also discussions among the German population. There was just a poll a few days ago which revealed that around half of Germans, around 47%, are actually in favour of this, but about 40 are against, and the remaining 10% simply said they do not have a strong opinion on this law. So the fact that there's been a debate here in Parliament, but also a debate in German society, means certainly that this is a very sensitive topic, but also a very important topic for the Germany's governing coalition, which is led obviously by Chancellor Olaf Scholz. This news is coming to you from DW in Bonn, Germany. Senegal's President Macky Sall has said he will leave office when his term comes to an end on April 2nd, but he did not announce an election date. In a televised interview, he said the decision on the date would be part of a political talks with all sides to start on Monday. His recent decision to delay the vote, originally scheduled for Sunday to mid-December, sparked deadly protests. Hungary and Sweden have agreed to defense pact in Budapest ahead of Hungary's expected approval of Sweden's bid to join NATO. 
Prime Minister Viktor Orban said his country would buy Swedish fighter jets. Hungary is the last NATO member to back Swedish membership in the alliance. For more news and information, head on to our website dw.com forward slash Africa. My name is Jen Nyinge. Thanks, Jane. Now, currency. It's something we all have, and if we don't, we certainly need it, preferably in our wallets or bank accounts. But what happens when our shilling cities, rands, nairas, kwachas or leones are consistently worth less and less every year? Well, the prices of things that we need on a daily basis become more costly. Everybody is affected. Nowhere has this been more keenly felt than in Nigeria, Africa's biggest economy. From economists like Dipo Oyewole. Everyone in their daily life knows that the prices of certain things have gone up by at least 3x. Um, items that you buy for 1,000 naira before, now you're getting it for 3,500. I'm talking about soap, um, your body spray, you name it. Anything you want to buy in the last 18 months has gone up by 3x. A uh, bucket of gari has gone up from what used to be at 750, 800, like 18 months ago, now to uh, 2,025. A crate of egg now is 4,000. 18 months ago, it was 900, 1,000. To students on the streets of Lagos. We are hungry. This hunger is too much. And we cannot stay. We cannot do prostitute. I'm a, I'm a student. There is no food. My gas has finished three days ago. It's now one five. We don't have money. We can't call house. This hunger is too much. And it's not like this before. Look at us now. There is nothing. We are starving. Chinubu should please do so. This is what he promised. He promised to do better. Look at us now. It's like war if you want to buy fuel. It's a lot of trouble to buy rice. Things are too expensive. Bike prices are too high. We graduated from school and could not get jobs. We are managing ourselves as bike men. Yet they are making things difficult for us. Do they want to kill us? And we'll focus on Nigeria a bit, though the West African nation is by no means the only country battling. My colleague Ben Shemang met Abdullahi Abubakar Dauran, a chairman of the Bureau de Change in Abuja. While his offices are legal and registered, many in the city's vicinity are not. You'll now hear Ben Shemang talking to Dauran. In the last six months, the demand of the dollar is high. So the business from six months to now has changed. So what made it to change? What happened is in the six months, is, uh, the, the demand of the currency is high. What we are the road chain, we see it policy of the government is, it is it's very hard to the, the Nigerian people. Are you actually able to make profit? No. We in bureau the chain, as uh, six months now, say we are buying the last 770 before the let, last government move. But now, see the currency, you have to double it. If you have $10,000, you have $15,600,000. So it means no profit because now your capital value is down. So no any profit on this market. Who are your clientele? Who are the people patronizing you? So you know Nigerian. At the government say Naira is no value. Everybody move his Naira to the market to buy a dollar. Many people. And the government know. People find this dollar and keep. The bureau of chain people, no any bureau of chain can find dollar and keep it for himself. Because he is doing trading. But sometimes government says they have brought um, so much dollars and pumped it into the system. How has that helped? 
there is no any dollar in the in the system. There is no any dollar. Government is not giving dollar now. Uh, they are giving to Abcon. They are called Bureau Returns Association. Even the Abcon, they don't know them. When they give them, they have no control on them. What is the way out of this problem? The way out, we tell government, let us call people who have money in the Bureau Returns sectors. People who are marketers, who are traders, they have Nera on their hand. They know how to deal with this kind of thing. Let us government call them. If we are meeting constantly with the government and all these chairmen of the Bureau Return, owner of the bureau return, who are the real bureau return, who have office, call them together. We don't want this thing going on. What do you people need? Why do you think that EFCC sometimes rates your offices or colleagues? Just to jump in here, the EFCC in Nigeria stands for the country's Economic and Financial Crimes Commission. So the recent thing happened with EFCC at Zampo. They only come to big people, there are some people who are not good in the market. You know, anywhere you get bad people, you get good people. You can, I can't deny it. So some of the people start shouting for them. But it is a government people, they come, they didn't, they didn't catch anybody. They only come to me. So the Naira should be controlled, dollars should be controlled, that government should intervene. Yes, my own government should intervene in dollar system. Government intervene in dollar system. The thing will be over. Control it. Quite why there is such a big dollar shortage in Nigeria? It's a complicated question. So we took that question to John Mark Ayuba, the former commissioner of finance in the northern state of Kaduna. It's just simple economics. The issue is demand and supply. On the demand side, you know that Nigeria has become an import-dependent economy. Even things like toothpicks we import. We no longer manufacture anything. All the manufacturing industries are folding up. So that means we have to import. We can no longer produce locally. Even toothpicks are imported. Our education, most parents today don't want their children to go to Nigerian institutions. They prefer foreign institutions. That it also increases the demand for foreign currency. And uh, even worse now is the fact that we have to import food because nobody, I mean, our farmers can no longer go to the, uh, to the farms because of the insurgencies that we have. So if you are importing everything, it means you require more dollars, more pounds, more Dutch marks, and other currencies to be able to import. So we are an import-dependent economy. The biggest problem has been runaway inflation. And when demand is more than supply, you definitely will have this runaway inflation and our currency continues to go down the drain. On the supply side, what do we export? We export next to nothing. All the things that we used to export before, we no longer export them. The only export that we have today is crude oil. And if you ask yourself, the former, um, uh, is it the former Emir of Kano asked the question. As of now, we do not even know where the process of the export of crude goes to. Nothing is going to the Federation account 
and we don't have the dollars to explain that this is where i mean what we have earned from the export solid, solid minerals that would have given us some measure of uh, uh, foreign currency is in the hands of private individuals they are in the hands of the, the i mean the, the processing and export of uh, of solid minerals in the hands of private individuals and bandits i, I, I mean i must say so if you have no exports and everything you are depending on only i mean on import for everything the currency must go down as it is going today and we don't know when it will stop despite all this ayuba is not completely pessimistic about the situation that definitely there are solutions there are immediate there are medium and there are long term solutions the ones that were in control of are the imports Unfortunately, uh, when we find, uh, uh, when we say we want to stop uh, uh, imports of certain things, we become enemies to those countries that are exporting to us. That is the situation. But we have no choice. We have to reduce the demand for current um, foreign currency. And if for you to do that, you have to encourage Nigerians to go domestic. Use what you have. Don't reduce their appetite for foreign the consumption of foreign things. For education, you can see the budget that was. I mean, the, the federal and state governments have made for education in Nigeria. We must beef up our institutions and ensure that we have confidence. Our parents have confidence in our domestic institutions, so we reduce the demand. And on the supply side, is corruption. Particularly this point about corruption is something that most analysts I talked to agreed on. Some more so than others, like Odilom Ngwegbera. While current Nigerian president Bola Tinubu's economic reforms last year, where he removed currency controls on the naira and state subsidies on fuel, have been blamed for the country's woes, Ngwegbera says the rot is way deeper. I, from your perspective, um do you think that normal Nigerians would be uh, attributing the uh, difficulties that they are facing and the uh, inability to get consumer goods and stuff to uh, Tinubu's um uh, economic reforms and um, will this you know come back to haunt Tinubu in in the future or do you think that there's still some patience left in ordinary Nigerians? There is no patience again. Most Nigerians do not analyze the the issues that affect the economy, whatever they are told, they accept it. Uh, the truth of the matter is that uh, we can blame Tinubu. Tinubu is not a magician. He's not an economic magician. When Tinubu took over government, he discovered that the treasury was empty. So what do we do? The previous government printed uh, excess uh, money through ways and means without, uh, you know, uh, using the rule of law because the rule of law sets a target that you can't print beyond this amount. They printed and printed and printed, and also the forex they were getting, they were diverting the forex. And also they borrowed uh, in advance from the oil exports. So Tinubu never knew this is this. The Tinubu faces the reality and has to solve where So the truth of the matter is that Nigerians are putting pressure on Tinubu. The Tinubu cannot do anything. I've told Nigerians, look, you are pushing Tinubu, but the man cannot solve the problem because he's beyond you. 
The only thing Tinubu can do, and he should have been doing it well, is to arrest all the people that were involved in this. Nigerian banks, I'm sorry to use the word, Nigeria, Nigeria is uh, like invaded by bank robbers who came to be bankers. And uh, all their businesses are about uh, the, the, the throbbing, the systems, the plating, forex, and all the rest of them. So Tinubu finds himself in this mess, and he cannot solve it. Yeah. I'm sorry to tell you the truth. If he gets the point, either... Uh, I don't know. I don't want to predict what will happen. But Nigeria is in a serious place. But back to Peter Ayuba. There is need to find out where the earnings from our export of crude oil is going to. If we are exporting about one to 1.5 million barrels per day, where are the the earnings in dollars of those currencies? I mean, uh, uh, of those I mean oil. If we can trace that, then we are already on our way to solving the problem. That is the short term. For the medium to long term, we must go back to manufacturing. We must produce. If we don't produce, these short term measures cannot stand. It will be very, uh, um, within a short time, Nigerians will go back to importation of everything that they, I mean, they want to have. Secondly, there is need to address the issue of banditry and um, that is stopping our farmers from going to the farms. If we don't do that, I bet this country is gone. That's what I can say at the moment. Thank you. From Nigeria to a look across the continent, starting in South Africa, where the rand remains weak against the U.S. dollar. In the past two years, the rand has weakened by 17% to the dollar. Economists point to ongoing power cuts as the main contributor, amongst other factors. This week, the rand did firm up following a positive budget speech by Minister of Finance Enoch Godongwana, where he announced the government will tap $7.9 billion from the contingency account administered by the Reserve Bank to limit borrowing. Still, though, the rand remains volatile, according to Reserve Bank Governor Lesecha Khanyaho. Uncertainties of the global environment and various South Africa-specific factors including sluggish growth and dependence on commodity export prices, continue to weigh on the value of the currency. The rent depreciated over the past year by about 11% against the U.S. dollar, making it one of the worst-performing emerging market currencies. In more positive news, the Zambian kwacha has continued gaining strength against major currencies after months of facing its highest depreciation. This has come as a pleasant surprise to citizens, some of whom believe, though, that it is artificial as it is not backed by any production, exports or enhanced economic activities. And they are partly right. The development is thanks to the central bank's interventions, which include offloading 50.3 million US dollars into the forex market. But what will the cost be and is it sustainable? Zambian financial analyst Nathan Tembo is cautiously optimistic. Appreciation of the kwacha can be attributed to many uh, uh, factors, one of them being uh, the measures that Bank of Zambia has put in place. right? But also, if we check in history, the kwacha 
tends to perform quite well when there's a bond auction. We had a bond auction, right? But surprisingly, there was a massive underperformance in the subscription of that bond auction. So clearly, we can see that uh, uh, the performance of the Kwacha cannot only be attributed to the bond auction that it coincided with, but uh, you can tell that the measures that Bank of Zambia has put in place by increasing the monetary policy rate, the measures with regards to the statutory reserve ratio are working, and the Kwacha is... Uh, uh, heading the right direction. And some banks in um, in their newsletters have published that this trajectory that the Kwacha has taken uh, might, right, it might continue in its positive trajectory in the near term. Uh, so it looks uh, at least uh, bright uh, for the future of the Kwacha, at least for the near term. And let's see where it heads to. So it is a mixed bag. But to get a better handle on the continent's currency woes, specifically in 2024, I have with me Dr. Priscilla Tuomasi Bafour, an economist at the University of Ghana in Accra. Right. Essentially, I would say that um, African currencies are struggling because of the way our economies are structured. And when you look at how it started um, from the onset of COVID 2019 through 2020, a lot of countries have struggled. Particularly, I can cite an example using Ghana. And why that happened is that we realized that after COVID and with the heightened inflationary pressures in the global north, um, a lot of the developed countries started lifting rates. And by lifting rates, it meant that um, interest rates went up. And we saw a lot of capital flow reversal. So um, developing countries had attracted a lot of foreign investments because of the relatively high interest rates in these countries. And so when countries like the U.S. started lifting rates, and these countries are basically safe havens for investments, you saw that a lot of investments um, were reversed back in the developed economies. And that put a lot of pressure on domestic currency. And the other point also is that a lot of the African countries, so putting Ghana, using Ghana as an example, um, suddenly um, observed increased um, public debts as a result of a lot of issues. There were vulnerabilities that existed. Um, but the increased public debt and restrictions on access to international capital markets meant that um, foreign inflows that used to come were no longer available. And so reserve positions of banks and central banks in these countries became quite um, um, difficult. And that put a lot of pressure on the domestic currency. Another point also is a heightened inflation. And so given that a lot of these countries are also quite import dependent, um, we realize that the effects of inflation also feeds into um, the currency. And so overall, this is how come uh, most African um, countries are struggling in terms of um, keeping their currencies um, um, in in. Um, in good position relative to the U.S. dollar and other major currencies. 
Right. And just uh, for a dummy, can you just ex- sort of explain a little bit how exactly does um, a weak currency uh, affect foreign uh, foreign investment? Because this is something that a lot of people have brought up is that um, th- that that foreign current companies are now also wary of in putting their money in countries like Ghana, Nigeria and places like that. Exactly, because a weak currency means that now the currency is no longer a good store of value. And so when investors invest, you would want to, you want good value for your investments. And these investments come in, um, essentially, if you're taking an example of um, foreign investment from, let's say, Nestle or wherever, it comes in, the investments are converted into local currencies for whatever investment that is made. At the end of the day, when the returns come, um, given that the investors are not um, domiciled in the local country, they would want to take back their returns. And when you are taking back your returns and the currency value has um, uh, have significantly depreciated, then it means that it erodes a lot of the returns one would have made on that investment. And that also means that um, a depreciating currency means it's difficult for investors to plan, really. So in that context, um, it becomes a dumper on foreign investments. And this is also on the back that in other um, safer environment, interest rates have gone up. So it became more attractive to focus on those safer investments rather than um, concentrate on developing countries like Ghana. So it sounds like it's almost a double whammy there. And, um, and, 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 and just want to, and, and basically just to ask you on that, because you did just mention it, would you say then, with such a difficult start to 2024, have economic prospects perhaps even in just in Ghana already dampened? Not necessarily. For the Ghanaian situation, I think that the the economy has shown signs of um, positive recovery, um, essentially because Ghana has currently um, gone under an IMF program with support. And so there is an, uh, imp- there are important inflows based on the program. So Ghana recently received a $3 billion um, um, inflow from the IMF. So that essentially reduces the amount of pressure on the currency, and it improves also the reserve position of the central bank. So for the Ghanaian situation, I wouldn't say that it is as precarious as before. If you have followed the, 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 the discussion or the trend, you'd see that the Ghanaian CD, for example, has been relatively stable from... Um, the last end of 2023 till now, all because the country is under an IMF program and is receiving important foreign inflow. These inflows are important because prior to that, um, Ghana was making up for that inflow through the use of the international capital market. But because of um, the indebtedness of the country, it doesn't have access. So the IMF program is more as giving the country a breathing space. So in as much as it's in a difficult environment, the prospects are better 
um, out of sea. Oh, well, that's good to hear. But, you know, one country that, for instance, has definitely not been feeling very positive is is, is Nigeria, you know, Africa's biggest economy. Um, and maybe not specifically to Nigeria, but if you are a government and you see your currency sliding and what is the best way perhaps in which a government can at least slow down the damage or even reverse that trend? I mean, you mentioned Ghana as an example. The, the, the best way to reverse and slow that trend and reverse it is for government to focus on working on the structure of the economies. Essentially, these economies are import-dependent economies. What do we do? If you look at the um, export baskets of these countries, they are basically minerals, raw materials with not much value addition. And we end up importing manufactured goods, which are great value. So every time there is pressure on the currency. So for me, I would say that countries need to get back to the basics by looking at the structure, focus on value addition, imports, um, substitution, industrialization drive, and reduce the level of imports that come in so that the, the, the currencies will be strengthened over time. That's the story of the week on DW Africa Link. Special thanks to our guests, our correspondents, Tuso Kamalo in Johannesburg, Ben Shimang in Abuja, Glory Mushinge in Lusaka, and my co-producer, Benita van Aysen, for making this episode happen. I'm Kainebe. Till next time. mind.